What's going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein, and we're back. It, it's been a while, folks. It has been a while since we've done the bird's eye view, and like, I'll be honest, I've been busy. Like, like we we honestly just haven't done a bird's eye view at all during baseball season. I mean, like, you know, I. Yeah, not, you guys have not heard my take on the highs of the Yankees when they were on pace for 120 wins, and life was awesome as a Yankee fan. And the season was incredible, and uh, yeah, th there was no podcast during that. Uh, my last podcast really was with New York Giants Daily, uh, and you know, th and then there's been no podcast during this Yankees tailspin. Although you know, I've been tweeting a lot still, uh, but I'm back, and I'll be honest, like I just been busy. You know, work's been busy, and then it comes after work. If I'm, you know, since I want to play video games, watch something on Netflix. You know, the, the podcast was becoming a lot of a commitment. Uh, but I decided I still want to bring it back for football season because <clears throat> that tends to be when I have my best content episodes. You know, I, I think we'll have my football, you know, this it's going to be a big podcast during football season. We'll have our touches here and there on the Yankees uh, and the MLB playoffs. But we're here, we're, NFL, we're back to being NFL-focused. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to get back in the routine again. Look, I've, I've missed doing this, uh, and it's going to be back. And it's really exciting that football is going to be back. Uh, I mean, we obviously have football back. It was college football this past weekend, had its debut. I was in Columbus, Ohio for the Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And, yeah, I mean, being there was fun. And I can dive all at all into college football. I mean, look, guys, it's been a while. I could probably go on for two, three hours. But, you know, I decided if I was going to make a return episode after a lot of time off, the return episode had to be my NFL preview show. Uh, so what I'm thinking is I'm probably going to have my my whole NFL preview show. Uh, and, and I guess I'll end, I'll end giving my week one predictions. Why not? Uh... Because that's that's what we do here, uh, you know. I haven't taken any bets yet for Week One, although I'm looking like I'm probably gonna bet on the Rams money line tomorrow because the Rams are underdogs despite being the champs, despite being at home. Uh, yeah, so we have that. Uh, you know, I might read off some preseason bets I like, some I've taken, some I haven't taken. Just more, you know, bet bets I was considering taking throughout the. Uh, you know, throughout the pre throughout the preseason. Uh, but let's get into it, man. Like it's again, it, it's great to be back. Uh, so yeah, let's start diving. I guess let's see. I get we we can end with the NFC East. I think. Uh, so we'll begin, and let's start in the AFC. Uh, so you know we're I, you know I'm going through here. I'm gonna go through team by team quickly. Little storylines, give my records, uh, overall recaps, Super Bowl picks, and whatnot. Again, I'm using NFL Playoff Predictor when I did game by game. And we're starting off, we're going to go with the AFC East and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the Bills enter the season as the Super Bowl favorite. You know, they're plus 600 on most sports books, and everyone is high on the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, they came so close last year. They had a heartbreaking loss to the Chiefs in overtime where they never got the ball. Since then, the overtime rules have changed for the NFL playoffs, at least. And this Bills team, they feel ready. 
Now, Gabriel Davis, he broke out in that game against Kansas City with four touchdowns. A lot of experts are really high on him, seeing how he could develop as a legitimate number two option next to Stephon Diggs. I mean, Dawson Knox was having a fantastic year at tight end before he got hurt, which really hurt my fantasy team. And it seems that this is the year where everyone's looking for the Bills to take the next step. And I still have them being great. Uh, they still run the AFC East, and I have them going 14-3 and and winning it. Uh, moving on now, touch on the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins were at the center of a lot of controversy in the offseason. They fired, you know, they started one and seven last year. They finished nine and eight, and despite that, they fired Brian Flores. You know, it was clear there was some front office tension between Flores and Chris Greer. Uh, but you know, so they, they, some drama did happen in Miami. But they hire Mike McDaniel, you know, who comes from that Kyle Shanahan system, a system that a lot of people are very high on. You know, McDaniel. Great offensive coordinator with the Niners the last three years. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan has proven themselves to be one of the brightest offensive minds. Uh, they have the dynamic duo of Chase Edmond, Raheem Mostert at running back. And they added Tyree Kill in the offseason. I mean, Tyree Kill, obviously one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL. I mean, obviously, you know, it helped that he was with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Tyree could just go deep and... Mahomes would get him. You know, Tyree could could take a short route and go all the way with it. Obviously, you know, that, that, that's always been one criticism of Tyree Kill's game is, oh, he's just a speedster. He's just had Mahomes. It'll be really interesting to see how he does with a quarterback like Tua. And this is a big year for Tua. This is the make-or-break year. You know, I was pretty high on him coming into the draft. His first two years have been, at best, mixed results. Uh, this is this is the make-or-break year, it seems. And, I, and I, you know, Probably the best offensive scheme he's been in. Uh, and there's been mixed reviews out of camp. Now, look, I mean, this Dolphins team, I love the hire Mike McDaniel. I think he's one of the brightest offensive minds in football. Uh, I think the trade for Tyree Kill makes this team very good. I have them going 9-8, and eight, uh, same record as last year. Again, I think Tua's good, but I think Tua might be the reason why. You know, this is a good roster, this Miami team. But I think Tua might be, maybe holds this team back from being a 10 or 11 win team. But they have the roster, especially on the defensive side and now in the wide receiver room with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell uh, to really make some noise. Uh, then there's the New England Patriots who last year made the playoffs after a one-year hiatus. I mean, you know the story. If Bill Belichick is there, this team's always a contender. Uh, look, I'm I'm not the I'm not the highest on the Patriots this year. I have them going eight and nine. Uh, you know, there's some things with New England that's questionable. They lost Josh McDaniels. I mean, McDaniels has been the offensive coordinator here for for almost as long as I've watched football. I started watching football in 2009 when McDaniels was the Broncos head coach. Got fired in 2010. McDaniels has been the Patriots offensive coordinator since 2011. You know, some people thought he was never going to leave New England and eventually take over for Belichick. He's gone. They lost some pieces in free agency here and there. Uh, so, look, I, get, I just have him going 8-9. and nine. This, I mean, With Belichick, they're always going to fight. Mac Jones, I still think he needs some more legitimate receivers. Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, they're just not cutting it. And, look, we're starting to see where – I think we're going to start really to see where the Patriots not having the best roster really comes to hurt them. And last but not least, we have the Jets. 
Now, the Jets had a pretty damn good offseason. And early in the offseason, I thought the Jets could surprise some people. You know, they added a lot. They added Lakin Tomlinson, a guard who I really wanted the Giants to sign this, this past offseason. Adding some protection for Zach Wilson. Uh, and they really had a strong draft. They added Zach Wilson, potentially having that Wilson-Wilson duo. Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson. Obviously, Garrett Wilson is my man from the Ohio State University. Big, big fan of his game, obviously. I mean, Zach Wilson now, he got hurt in the preseason. And that was a big, big issue with Zach Wilson in his rookie year. Yeah, he struggled. He looked better down the stretch. But, you know, some of Zach Wilson's struggles were attributed to that injury. How much is this injury going to slow him down? I mean, look, everyone thought Wilson was done for the year. Uh, clearly he's not. That surprised people that he came back. Now, look, I, I think this Jets team is going to be decently competitive. I have them going 5-12. and 12. Uh, But overall, man, like this, the AFC is pretty loaded. The Bills are 14-3. and three. Uh, Dolphins at 9-8. and eight. Patriots at 8-9. and nine. Jets at 5-12. and 12. Uh, Yeah. We'll move on. NFC West. Uh, we're going to go back and forth here, sort of the way this website has them, my divisions listed out. But the Rams, I mean, what, what more can you say? The Rams are the defending champions. You know, they, Matt Stafford silenced the doubters, and this team is once again loaded. You know, Matt Stafford, he is in Sean McVay's system. I mean, the way Matt Stafford looked last season, he looks like he can play another Honestly, five, maybe t- five, ten years at a very high level. He seemed to be really rejuvenated. They have Cooper Cup, who I mean, is the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, probably going to be the best player in fantasy football this year. A very strong chance to repeat his offensive player of the year. I mean, this dude, you know, when, when do you ever see a guy lead the league in catches, yards, and touchdowns? That's just absurd. And the Rams, they added some pieces. They added Allen Robinson. Now, yeah, Allen Robinson was bad last year, but he was playing with the Bears. I mean, the Bears literally had no idea how to use receivers. He's free, and now... He's going to be playing with a legitimate NFL quarterback in Matthew Stafford and with a legitimate NFL offense uh, in the Sean McVay offense. I mean, this really could just be a a rejuvenated year for Allen Robinson. Uh, Him and Cup, just a really electric duo. I mean, Robinson caught over 100 balls two years ago in Mitch Trubisky at QB. Just remember that. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Arguably the two best defensive players. I mean, this team, they're still back. They have that continuity. They have that swagger. I have them going 14-3, and three, winning the NFC West. I mean, look, I'm going to say this right now. One of the best bets. And look, this this was, I placed this bet a couple of weeks ago. And Stu Finer himself said this, that the that his highest preseason bet, the you know, the preseason bet that you should be the most confident in, is taking the Rams over 11 and a half. And I fully agree with that. You know, that was that, that's def, I took that bet a couple weeks ago. When I hear Stu Finer saying that, it reiterates that point and makes me feel comfortable that I made that bet. I mean, look, the Rams, the defending champions with how loaded they are. I think Allen Robinson's due for a big year. They're getting Jordan Fuller back. I mean, Aaron Donald is still just Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey is still just Jalen Ramsey. They're probably the two best, two of the three best defensive players in the NFL right now. I mean, yeah, like this Rams team, there's I can't see any way they or under 11.5 wins. Definitely a hammer over 11.5 with them. Uh, a team that I think is going to be around 11 wins, and I have the 49ers going 11-6. And, and there's two words for that, Kyle and Shanahan. 
Look, there's been some a lot of question marks about Trey Lance. You know, I've heard mixed reviews out of him with Cam. Personally, me, I've never been the biggest Trey Lance guy. It seems the reason everyone was on the Trey Lance bandwagon is because Kyle Shanahan was on the Trey Lance bandwagon, and Kyle Shanahan is known as a very smart mind. I mean, the good news is Trey Lance struggles. They have Jimmy Garoppolo, who they can easily turn to. Now, I think... I think Trey's going to be fine because, honestly, I just believe in Kyle Shanahan that much. They have that elite running game with Elijah Mitchell. and I mean, I drafted Elijah Mitchell in the fourth round of my fantasy draft, so I pray. I pray Elijah Mitchell's an elite, good running back for San Francisco, but I think I fucked up with that fantasy pick big time just because of the way they like to rotate backs. I mean, I, you know, I have Jeff Wilson as a sleeper. Could see him maybe getting some carries for the Niners along with their third string back. But this defense, it still has a lot of pieces. Javon Kinlaw has supposedly looked really good during camp. I mean, they've obviously been relying on him to replace DeForest Buckner. I mean, Nick Bosa, he really turned it on at the end of last year, especially as he made his way back from that knee injury. Now Nick Bosa's had a full year under his belt, fully recovered from that injury. He is a strong, strong chance to win Defensive Player of the Year this season. And obviously, you know, people don't like repeat voters. You know, are people going to want to vote Donald again, Watt again? This is the year where Nick Bosa can definitely take it. Uh, but overall, I have the Niners winning 11 games because I'm just really high on Kyle Shanahan as a coach. The Cardinals, I mean, look, I, I am not high on the Cardinals. I think I think Kyler Murray is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Look, there's no doubt Kyler Murray makes plays that only him and Lamar Jackson and maybe Jalen Hurts could make. I mean, that dude makes some unbelievable plays. But the problem is, he is got. There are some times with Kyler Murray where he just don't know what the hell he's doing. You know, he's just making really bad throws. The decision making's off there. The accuracy is just really bad. And there, there are times where Kyler Murray looks really bad. I think a lot of the time, you know, he gets all the fanfare and he gets all the hype is because of the playmaking ability. If you take the playmaking ability away from Kyler Murray and you force him to beat you, you know, with, with his arm, you know, I, it's one of my big questions with Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. Maybe not to Hurts' degree, but I, I don't think he's a guy who can beat you when you take away his running ability, and that's one of those things with the Cardinals. You've seen that, especially in the second half of the year, as we get more film on Kyler Murray, the Cardinals struggle, and I think that this year the Cardinals are in for a long season. I have them going 7-10 and because, look, again, I'm just not high on Kyler. They don't have D-Hop for the first six games, and that's really, really going to hurt. Everyone wants to say, oh, they got Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown is one of the most overrated wide receivers in football. That dude is butterfingers. He drops so many balls every year. Every year, Hollywood Brown gets hyped up. And he has maybe a couple good 150-yard games. And, oh, this is the year of Hollywood Brown. And then he just does the rest of the year. Two catches, three catches, 20 yards. Look, Arizona, they're winning seven games this year. Uh, yeah, for them, seven games are generous. I mean, for them, it's, I don't even know without D-Hop. If they don't even get off to that fast start, they're in for a long, long season. Uh, Seattle, I have them just winning two games. I think Seattle stinks this year. Drew Locke, Geno Smith, I think are amongst two of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, they, they have a, the duo over Sean Penny and Kenneth Walker screams injury prone. And by, by the way, who is besides Charlie Craw Charles Cross, who apparently has an excellent, excellent camp uh, compared to Evan Neal, which... Of course, like just of course, yeah. Of course, the Giants fans, we don't want cross. Apparently, he's been going off in camp. 
But you know, and, and they were, they were that. But, but apparently, like Cross, he's really the only lineman Seattle has. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. How are they gonna do without Russell Wilson at quarterback? You know, DK, D, DK, when Drew Lock and uh, Geno Smith, they can't just throw it up and have DK and hope DK's open back there. He's gonna legitimately have to run routes to get open. Their defense still stinks. Like Seattle is one of the worst rosters in the NFL, and I have them just winning two games. Uh, NFC South now. Now, people question have some question marks on the box. Look, I mean, Brady was supposed to retire. And what did I say? I, I, you know, right when Brady retired, I said, until he's until it is week one and he is not the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay walking out of the tunnel, I won't believe he's retired. Guess what? It took a month. Brady's coming back. He will be the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay walking out of that tunnel in week one. Who, but you know who won't be as well. You know who won't be the coach will be Bruce Arians, who retired, and along with guard Ali Marpet, and obviously his loss last year was felt immensely. The Bucks replaced him with Shaq Mason in free agency, though. Uh, look, I mean, people are kind of worried about the Bucks. They lost some in free agency. I mean, they returned all 22 starters from a Super Bowl champion winning from a championship winning team. That's almost unheard of. And it, it was just gonna be way too hard to retain all 22 guys for. Three straight years. But look, this team, you have Tom Brady. Are you ever, ever, ever? I mean, I mean, where are people going to learn to stop betting against Thomas Edward Brady? I believe that's his middle name. I mean, this team, they're winning 13 games. And guess what? That receiving room is loaded. Yeah, there's still Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yeah, I know. Chris, and Chris Godwin, he doesn't have to rush back from that torn ACL. He's still Chris Godwin, though. And we've seen so many guys come back from torn ACLs now. Like, I'm surprised Chris Godwin's ranked this low in fantasy draft rankings. You know, Antonio Brown's not there. But you know what? Julio Jones is there. And guess, yeah, Julio Jones might be old. But he's still that number three receiver. And he can still do things for that team without causing the headache that Antonio Brown was causing and Russell Gage like, are you kidding me those are four guys you know, Ru- you know Russell Gage was the Falcons leading receiver last season for a big for a big portion of it Godwin and Evans have a thousand yard potential Julio Jones was arguably the best receiver in football for a number of years that is depth even without Gronkowski the secondary is still deep yeah this Bucks team they're winning 13 games folks and winning the NFC South Then we have the New Orleans Saints. No, no Sean Payton. Sean Payton retires, and Dennis Allen takes over. Dennis Allen won them a big game last year. The Saints were in the midst of a struggle. Sean Payton was out with COVID, and Dennis Allen came in, won them a grinded-out game against the Bucks, where they just shut down Tom Brady. Look, this Saints team. They have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Demario Davis, Cameron Jordan, uh, Marcus Davenport, who finally broke through last year after you know almost having that bus label on him. Uh, you know, a couple good safeties back there. To the point, I mean, look at cornerback. They felt comfortable trading uh, Chauncey Gardner to the Eagles. That's how good they felt. And this team right now, like the say that they're built around defense. They have a defensive-minded head coach. They have you know, Pete Werner, who has been great, an underrated guy from the Buckeyes. Marcus, I, I totally forgot. Oh my god, I totally forgot that they signed the Honey Badger. Like, are you kidding me? Like that, just in a like him and Marcus May back there. That yeah, that's gonna be good. They still have a great offensive line despite the loss 
Look, the loss of Toronto Armstead hurts, and now they're not going to have Trevor Petting for what they thought was the season, and now likely not until November. Uh, they still have that line, and look, the receiver room, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave was listed as fifth in the on the depth chart. There's a lot of question marks there. Olave, you know, he's fifth in the depth chart. I don't believe that he's ever going to end up being fifth, especially with what I've heard from him out of camp. Michael Thomas, he's been injured most of the last two years. Jarvis Landry's always hurt. Jameis is coming off a serious injury. But, man, like, I just think that this defense is so loaded. The NFC is pretty weak this year. Give me the Saints to go 10-7, and seven, getting a wild card spot. Uh, and quickly, you have the Carolina Panthers. They trade for Baker Mayfield. And now, you know, they had a quarterback competition between both Baker Mayfield and, uh, you know, they had a competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, the first and third pick in the 2018 NFL draft. And guess what? The Giants are still paying for their second overall pick in Saquon Barkley. Uh, Baker starting. I mean, Carolina, Matt Rule's on borrowed time. We all know this is last year. There's not much to expect from this team. I got them winning six games. Like, I'm not going to dive into Carolina. Uh, Atlanta, same thing. I mean, they stink. They they have, just like Seattle, they have one of the worst rosters in football. They'll be starting Marcus Mariota at quarterback for the time being. It'll likely end up being Desmond Ritter. But I got this team winning just one game. And now I want to talk to AFC West. And, oh, my God, this, I mean, the AFC West, this is the most loaded division in NFL history. Like, Look, I am just – before I even dive into these teams, I'm, I'm just going to go out and say I am boldly predicting that every team in the AFC West is going to finish with a winning record this year. Now, I'm not saying that every team in the AFC West is going to make the playoffs. I think one of those teams is going to get let out. But, my God, this is a loaded division. I mean, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos all really loaded up this season. The Broncos obviously adding Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. And this is a team, this is a team that has been between, like, six and eight wins with crap at quarterback. You have the Raiders. They added Chandler Jones. They added Devontae Adams. They got a really great offensive-minded head coach in Josh McDaniels. This is coming off a playoff appearance last year. The Chargers, again, Khalil Mack. This is a team that just missed the playoffs that last season. You know, A lot of people thought they should have made it. They also added J.C. Jackson. And the Chiefs, man, they're the Chiefs. Everyone in this division is going to have a winning record. It is loaded from top to bottom, I just cannot believe it. I have, I mean, just, wow, like, the Chiefs, look, I mean, the Chiefs, this is no longer the Chiefs' cakewalk division where they're just going to go 6-0, and lock up that division by week 11. No, 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 Kansas State, they're going to have to grind it out, especially Patrick Mahomes doesn't have his good old buddy Tyree Kill. Look, he still has Travis Kelsey there, and they still have a strong offensive line. I mean, Trey Smith was a great guard last year, was a six-rounder. Probably going to be playing even more this year. Same with Creed Murphy. Uh, you know, Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown, who I, did, I think they actually, I think they finally agreed to an extension with Orlando Brown. I know that there was that whole ordeal. Uh, but look, I mean, Kansas City, like, they're still, they're, they added some on defense. Carl Lathis, McDuffie in the draft. They, they, they had some holes in the draft, and they went and adjusted, and apparently Sky Moore, McDuffie, Carl Lathis are all looking Good in training camp, fitting the parts. Uh, this Kansas City team, I mean, then their offense was struggling last year. 
They found ways to beat you with the defense on the defense. They're going to find ways to do it again this year. And they're going to go 13-4. and four, But with how tough the AFC West is, it's not going to be as easy. Now the Chargers and the Raiders, these two teams played an epic, epic final game where all they need to do, if you know, it was one of those things. If they had a draw, they were both in the playoffs and the Steelers would get out. You know, it was laughable. But these two teams literally almost played into a draw. The Raiders won on a walk-off field goal after Brandon Staley screwed his team, like basically screwed his team over. On uh, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders made the playoffs last season with you know, they, they fired their coach in the middle of the season. You know, it wasn't just their coach being fired. Like, the, the Raiders were drama-filled last year. John Gruden got fired for racist, homophobic emails. J Henry Ruggs killed a man, was in jail. I mean, this team had distraction after distraction after distraction. What do they do? They go to the playoffs. They hang with the Bengals until the final play of the game and we're alive. And now, like... Look, I had this Raiders team initially going like eight and nine, uh, you know, nine and eight. But I'm thinking like, like, how did this team with all they faced last year do pretty well and then just get even better? They added Devontae Adams, who has been the best receiver in the NFL the last two seasons. And like everyone can go, oh, yeah, yeah, he was with Aaron Rodgers. Guess what, buddy? Devontae Adams did unbelievable, unbelievable things at Fresno State with Derek Carr. And as Joe Burrow and Jamar Jay showed us last year, having a quarterback and a receiver who know each other from college can go a long, long way. Uh, like, man, I'm really high on Like, I got the Raiders going 11-6 and six and making a, making a wild card and really, really hanging with Kansas City for the division. I love, love, love. Love this Raiders team for next season. And the Chargers, I also have them going 11 and 6. I'm look, this team, they, 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 were, they were one of the best teams statistically in the NFL last year. Justin Herbert put up MVP like numbers. Justin Herbert is an MVP candidate this season. They have Austin Eckler, who's one of the best running backs in football. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, one of the best receiving duos in football. An offensive line where, you know, they added Zion Johnson to go next to Rashawn Slater. This team has really built that offensive line. And that defense, that defense lost them a few games last year. What do they do? They go and add Khalil Mack. And before you say Khalil Mack is washed up, yeah, imagine Khalil Mack on the opposite side of Joey Bosa. Yeah, maybe Khalil Mack was a little slow the last few years on the Bears when he wasn't next to anyone. But hit next to Joey Bosa, oh man. J.C. Jackson back there with Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James. That's a scary secondary. I mean, these teams just loaded themselves up. They're going to go 11-6, and six, and they're also going to be one of these wild card teams. They're both loaded. And the Broncos, I have them going 10-7. and seven. Like The Broncos are not a bad team at all. Russell Wilson has been a quarterback that I think that only one time in his career, not including this past season where he was injured, has had a losing record. Or excuse me, I missed the playoffs. I don't think he's ever had a losing record as a starting quarterback until last season. And the Broncos, for they have been decent every season since the Super Bowl. They haven't been good. They haven't been good. They've been mediocre. But they've had mediocre quarterbacks. So Bradley Chubb is still there. Patrick Sertan was one of the best defensive rookies last year. He's probably going to have another big season. They have Justin Simmons on the defensive end of things too. Now, I, th I think the Broncos... 
I have them going 10-7 and seven and behind the Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers because their roster is slightly weaker overall. But, look, I mean, they, 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 just, I mean, the quarterbacks in this division are loaded. This division is loaded. I think Jerry Judy, I think K.J. Hamler, I think Cortland Sine could all break out years. It's a decent receiving call for Russell Wilson. And, like, man, like this, this Broncos team, they, they could be a lot of fun. And, obviously, as we know, with Russell, Russell Wilson, Broncos country, let's ride. Uh, NFC North time, Packers, the story of the offseason with them was Aaron Rodgers. Would he be back? Would he not be? There's all this drama, drama, drama with Aaron Rodgers, all this Aaron Rodgers drama. You know, everyone thought he was going to retire. Everyone thought he'd be gone. But Aaron Rodgers, he came back, surprising a lot of people, signing an extension, committing, committing to a future with Green Bay, not just, you know, saying I'm doing this here. And they, they, you know, that stunned a lot of people. And especially stunned people given the fact that his number one receiver and best friend, Devontae Adams, was traded away, leaving the Packers. You know, a, very, a really thin receiving core. I mean, their receiving core is now Alan Lazard, uh, who's been like, okay, nothing special. Sammy Watkins, who's good for like one or two breakout games, then missing five games, uh, and then playing mediocre the rest of the year. Uh, you know, rookie Christian Watson, who I think could do some, who I think could do some real damage with Green Bay, especially you saw Aaron Rodgers really build an early rapporteur with, uh, he really built an early, he really built an early rapport with Christian Watson, apparently this other rookie in training camp and also Randall Collick. I mean, and, the, and the Packers, you thought they'd go receiver first round. They go defense. They have Quay Walker. They have some other guys on the defensive side of things. And this is a pretty good defense. I'm like the Packers. The I have them winning 12 games. Uh, I, I'm a little worried about this team. I don't think the NFC North for them is like as much of a lock as it should be. Uh, you know, Rodgers they could be hurt by that receiving core, but in the end, that defense is fine enough. They still have Aaron Rodgers, and the Bears and the Lions are not winning shit in this division. So yeah, the Packers are going to be 12 and five, and win the NFC North. Uh, second place side of the Vikings. I have the Vikings going ten and seven. I'll just say it. I'm pretty high on Minnesota this year. Kevin, o- Kevin O'Connell is one of the best hires of the offseason, in my opinion. And look, he could do for Kirk Cousins similar to what he, what he and McVay did for Matt Stafford. They have Justin Jefferson, who can do a who can do a Cooper Cup. Down. I mean, Justin Jefferson is definitely one of the favorites for Offensive Player of the Year. He can easily be a guy who catches a hundred balls. He he could he could catch he could break two thousand receiving yards. Justin Jefferson, he does everything. He does he takes short balls deep. He's a deep threat. I mean, he takes short balls all the way. He's a deep threat. He can catch a medium route. I mean, Jefferson does it all. One of the best route runners in the NFL. Uh, and now he's playing in a really great offensive system, a system where I think Dalvin Cook could thrive. You know, Adam Thielen, don't forget about him. The sky's the limit for this Minnesota offense. I think this, you know, they defense is young. Obviously, they don't have Mike Zimmer, the defensive mind head coach, but adding guys like Louis Sign, Andrew Booth in the draft, they still have Daniel Hunter up front. Uh, I, I like to see them win 10 games and really, you know, get back to that Minnesota Viking football we'd seen overall. Uh, Lions, the Lions have been a hard knocks darling. You know, people like them, Dan Campbell, Man Campbell, and they're going to fight. I mean, this Lions team, I, people want to see, I, I keep thinking they're going to be bad, but like, 
they have such an easy schedule. And maybe it's the Dan Campbell charm, but I have this Lions team winning seven games this year. They added some talent to that roster. I mean, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, you can do much worse as a running back duo. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was stepped up big time last year, and they added Jamison Williams in the draft, which I know he's going to miss the first four, at least the first four games with that injury. But you get that bad, that's a decent duo. I mean, for them, it's going to be that defense. Uh, that defense is really going to hurt them. Now, I have them winning seven games, and that's mostly because they have that last place schedule. I think the Falcons stink, the Seahawks stink. They get the Bears, they get the Jets. I mean, the Lions, like, 7-10. and 10. For them, man, Campbell, good for them. And the Bears, I mean, oh, man, man, man. I want the Bears to be good so badly. I mean, I love him. I love Justin Fields. You guys know Justin Fields is my guy. Justin Fields, is. Yeah, I love him. My quarterback at Ohio State, already one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. But my, the Bears are doing what they did in Mitch Trubisky, and they are setting him up to fail. I mean, the draft, you know, they, they, they had no receivers. They had no offensive line in the draft. They didn't even have an offensive line. They didn't have receivers to begin with. And, oh, man, I mean, Justin Fields, he's going to get eaten alive back there. They don't add an offensive-minded head coach. And that's defense. Defense is young. There's no Khalil Mack. There's some pieces. But this Bears team, this roster is dog crap. They're going to win three games this year, and that's being generous. Uh, moving on to the AFC North. So I'm going to start off. The Ravens are going to win the AFC North every year. We have a team that goes from worst to first. And the Ravens, I mean, they just seem like this year's logical candidate. Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad Bateman. Who, people, I'm really high on Rashad Bateman. I liked him a lot in last year's draft, and he's going to be the number one receiver for Baltimore. And really, the only receiving threat they have. Although, watch out for the tight end duo. Mark Andrews, whoever knows, but Isaiah Likely, who's had a monster preseason, has gotten rave reviews at a training camp. Now, Isaiah Likely was my hot, was my top tight end in this last draft. He was a special player at Coastal Carolina, and he could not have went to a more perfect offense. Lamar, he's fired up. Lamar wants to get paid. You know, he, will he get paid before the season starts? We don't know. Will he, you know, will they, he negotiate during the season? We don't know. Either way, Lamar Jackson wants to get paid. He's going to be fired up. He's going to be motivated. This defense is back and healthy. You know, I like to hire Mike McDonald from Michigan, who's a great defensive mind. I got the Ravens winning the AFC North going 12-5. and I had the Bengals also going 12-5. and I mean, the Bengals, look, and I, they, they, I thought they were a candidate for regression. Obviously, for them, winning the AFC was lucky. But for them, there was areas of weakness. They struggled in the secondary. They struggled on the offensive line. And they added a lot on the offensive line. They signed Ted Karras. Uh, they signed uh, Alex Kappa from Buffalo, uh, from Tampa Bay, excuse me. So they made some signings. They drafted in the secondary and on the offensive line. Those were the two weakest positions. I mean, this team built up the offensive line that surround Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That is one of the best offensive units around, alongside now the addition of Hayden Hurst. Who Hayden Hurst, yeah, he hasn't lived up to that first-round billing, but he still is one of the better pass-catching tight ends in football. And a, a very, you know, he's using upgrade over CJ Uzamoda. You know, they upgraded tight end, they upgraded offensive line. This Bengals team is gonna be even should be even better than they were last year. They upgrade in the secondary. Now, obviously, a first-place schedule for them is gonna be tougher, but I think Joe Burrow proved himself. Proved his position as one of this game's one of these games elite quarterbacks, and is going to have this Bengals team winning 12 games and fighting 
fighting for more playoff wins, potentially the AFC. Steelers, I got going eight and nine. I mean, the Steelers with Mike Tomlin, they're always gonna be competitive for eight or nine wins, and that defense is still loaded. Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt. Uh, I mean, there's just ballers all over. Uh, I mean, there was question marks on the offense. The skill positions are pretty good. Najee Harris, I'm high on Najee, especially for fantasy this year, because he's going to get a ton of touches. The Steelers are going to feed him like a bell cow. You know, QB, Mitch Trubisky appears to have won the job. You know, I'm not high on him. The highest on him, I'm not high on Kenny Pickett at all. I don't think Kenny Pickett is really that good of a quarterback. And I think the small hands thing is really, really going to potentially be more of a factor than people think. Uh, anyways, with besides that, though, you have uh, the offensive line just not good. Offensive line really isn't good. Now, I mean, Deontay Johnson, uh, rookie George Pickens, who has apparently looked fantastic in training camp, and... Uh, and Deion and uh, Clay, Chase Claypool, an underrated receiving group, along with Pat Freermuth. Uh, I just think that the inexperience at quarterback and the rough offensive line is going to hold this team back. They're going to win eight games, but still be pretty good. And then you have the Cleveland Browns. I mean, Browns. And the Browns, man, they had an offseason. They trade for Deshaun Watson. All these controversies surrounding Deshaun Watson. Everything around him was very, very mysterious, very cryptic, and who knows. You know, first he gets suspended six games, and then the NFL decides to take matters in their own hand. The suspension's then 11 games, and he's going to end up playing the final six. So here we are with Deshaun Watson. Out of the first 11 games, Browns, and look, the Browns, they have a talented roster. They still have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They added Amari Cooper at wide receiver from the Cowboys for very cheap. Uh, the defense, there's Jadavian Clowney, there's Miles Garrett, there's Denzel Ward. There's some ballers on that defense. But I think for the Browns, look, I, a lot of my friends like this team. I have them winning seven games. A lot of my friends are favorable on them because they're biased Browns fans. I mean, this team, I mean, I just don't trust Jacoby Brissett to get this team to a point where they're going to be in a position where they can compete for... I don't think Jacoby Brissett is going to get this team in position to compete for a playoff spot by the time Watson comes back. Watson would have been out of the league for almost two years then. You know, he's not going to be perfect, probably not going to win all five games if he comes back. There's so much distraction going on. And the Browns, I mean, it's the Cleveland Browns. They're probably going to find a way to brown it up. I mean, Ohio State boys, I'm sorry, but I have the Browns just going 7-10. and 10. Like, what, what more could I say? And last but not least, or not in terms of AFC divisions, we have the AFC South. Um, this division is, you know, like the NFC East, one of the weakest in football. Uh, the Colts, they're, they're their favorite. The Titans, I mean, obviously they're hard to exclude without, uh, you know, with Mike Vrabel, head coach. Now I got the Colts winning this division. I have the Colts going 11-6. I mean, it feels like the Colts and the Titans should get a bunch, should get free wins against both the Texans and Jaguars. You never know. I think this is the Colts' year. It feels like the Titans have been winning this division for too many years now in a row. It feels like they're due for a let-up. Uh, I mean, look, they won games last year without Julio Jones, without A.J. Brown. But this receiving room with Robert Woods, with Atwith, uh, Traylon Burks, just really not that good. Look, you still have Derrick Henry, who is, 
you know, one of the best running backs, you know, probably the best pure runner in the NFL uh, as a candidate for 2,000 yards. I just, I don't know, man. I'm not high on Ryan Tannehill. I'm not high on this defense. I have the Titans winning eight games. Again, I have the Colts winning the division, winning 11 games. I think Matt Ryan, you know, he's going to be just fine. He's not going to be the Matt Ryan who he was in he was in 2016 where he threw 38 touchdowns, won the MVP. If he can be the Matt Ryan where he's just a game manager, connecting with Michael Pittman, handing the ball to Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is probably the only guy who has an argument against Derrick Henry for being the best pure runner in the NFL right now. Uh, so, look, this Colts team, they are loaded, man, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they were one reason why this team won a lot of games – in a row last year was the way the defense was playing. Julian Blackman was, a, was one of the more underrated guys in the secondary that they have. Uh, you know, not to mention Darius Leonard, who a guy has been one of the most underrated, underappreciated defensive guys in this league for a long time. You know, pro, you know, he's probably been over the last ten years. He's probably been the best linebacker behind Bobby Wagner over that ten-year stretch. I um, mean, this Colts team—they still have Quentin Nelson on the, Quentin Nelson on the offensive line. Uh, I like this team a lot to win 11 games. They just they ha- they have they do a lot of things right. And I think they don't have Carson wants to choke games away. Uh, the Jaguars, uh, I mean, they definitely they they should be better than last year. I mean, last year was a disaster. The Urban Meyer stuff, everything, disaster, disaster. I mean, they were unwatchable at times. Um, they added they spent a lot on Trevor Lawrence. They gave Christian Kirk a lot of money. They were the highest spenders. They drafted Trevin Walker first overall. They hired Doug Peterson. I think the Jaguars will definitely show some improvement uh, over the course of the season. Uh, I probably would say four or five wins, and look, I you know that's not great, but for the Jacksonville, where they've been, four wins, five wins is pretty good. Overall, I'll say four wins. And the Texans, I think they stink. I think the Texans just have the worst roster in the NFL. I have them winning one game because I, I feel like it, they just end up will win one game with Davis Mills at quarterback. Uh, but, you know, just David Cook, Brandon Cooks, and that's it. And now the NFC East. I mean, last but not least, and we are going to probably end talking about my beloved New York football giants. I mean, the NFC East, like, I, 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 first thing here, I'm not picking the Cowboys to win the NFC East. It's literally impossible. No no team has won the NFC East two in, twice in a row since 03 04. That is my main reason for not picking the Cowboys in this division. It's hard. Now, I'll be honest. I, I really, really, really did not want to pick Philadelphia. Like, like it, it pained me. I really was looking for any reason to not pick the Eagles to win the NFC East because I think Jalen Hurts stinks. I think Jalen Hurts is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, I know I was crapping on Kyler Murray earlier, but Jalen Hurts, I do not think, can actually win you a game with his arm. That being said, I still ha- am picking the Eagles to win the NFC East just simply because is I mean the roster is pretty good. Yeah, they, they haven't and they have I think they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. They're still going to run the ball a ton and that running the ball really worked well for them last year. The defense is good. I mean, Darius Slay is a very elite corner. They added Bradbury, they added Gardner Johnson from the Saints. Uh, and they, they just added more pieces. The defensive line has been very underrated, especially Brandon Graham the last couple of years. Uh, they drafted, oh, man, they drafted that guy from Georgia, Nicobe Dean, who I wanted the Giants to get. I hate to say it, man, but the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. 
It pains me to say it. It really, really does. But, like, fuck, man. Like, I mean, they're just loaded on defense. Are you kidding me? Brandon Graham. I mean, that, I mean, that secondary is so good. It really is. Anthony Harris, he's probably going to be back there on a cheap deal also. I mean, I mean the safeties, too. And I thought they were going to need. But Mark Epps is an underrated player. I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. It says that he's going to start at safety. Avante Maddox is also underrated. Uh, oh, Jason Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Jordan Davis. I forgot that they drafted Jordan Davis, who apparently has crushed it during camp. Um, yeah, this Eagles team, they're, they're going to win the NFC East. I hate to say it. Uh, I have Dallas going 9-8, and eight, just missing out on the postseason simply because, you know, Dallas, they're going to find ways to miss out. Washington, I do think, is being slept on for sure. I initially had Washington win in the division, but with Chase Young now at an extended period of time, I just I had too much trouble picking them to win the NFC East. Carson Wentz, I've just heard mixed reviews from him out of camp. Now they're definitely being undervalued. Like, this is a team that was decent last year with Taylor Haneke starting most of the year. Now they're getting Carson Wentz. There's no way he can be worse than Taylor Haneke was. Uh, you know they have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. Hopefully for them is healthy this year, and they drafted Javon Dotson. Uh, the defense has been spotty during camp, apparently. I saw this team going 8-9. and nine. And last but not least, we talk about my beloved New York football Giants. So this offseason for my Giants was, you know, an interesting one. One where they finally actually committed to a rebuild. You know, they fire Dave Gettleman. Finally, they, they fire Joe Judge, which people thought they might not, which was scary. But they hire Jay Sh- Joe Shane, they hire Brian Dable, and it really brings an overall culture change in New York. And for, I'm not expecting this team to be really good at all this year. I currently have them going 5-12, and 12, and that's okay. I mean, we, Dave Gettleman put this team in salary cap hell with awful deals. I mean, we're still paying for Kenny Galladay. I mean, that dude is literally, he, I mean, if he did not get that contract from the Giants, he would be stocking shelves in Walmart. Kenny Galladay is straight garbage. And, I mean, the, the Giants have been salary cap hell. So they had to cut a lot of guys. They had to cut James Bradbury. They had to cut Blake Martinez, who, although, who really never fit with this group. Uh... No, they ended up restructuring Leonard Williams' contract. They got rid of a lot of guys, the Giants. And now there's, now for them, it's a really, really young roster. You know, one of the youngest in football and not very good. Uh, Daniel Jones, he is the quarterback this year. And, you know, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of Giants fans on Twitter who are being like, oh, you, you guys are going to eat your words when Daniel Jones comes out balls this year and the Giants win 12 games. If you actually believe this Giants team is going to like win the division this year and Daniel Jones is going to ball out, you are crazy. And this is, I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. And also, these fans, apparently, if you talk about drafting a quarterback, that makes you a bad fan. Like, it is very fair to have question marks about Daniel Jones. You know, I'm more likely, I'm on the camp that he's more likely to be bad than he's more likely to be not. Like, I, I don't know where the hell this fan first coming in. I know th- these are the fans. These are the fans that when the Giants end up struggling this year and, you know, well, you know because they had just have a bad roster because it's going to be a rebuilding year, they're going to be angry and, so, and they're just going to be angry with this team. Like, I, I don't see what, where, where this high expectations for the Giants are coming from from some of these fans. It's insane. Like, I'm probably content with this team winning its five games. Look, for me, I want to see growth. What I want to see with this team is I'm, I'm not really putting – I don't want to see necessarily a win number. I just want to see growth. I would love – 
love to see Daniel Jones take the steps, do things where he can actually prove, okay, maybe he can be that be that Giants franchise quarterback, put this team in a position where he can win, you know, some games. I'd love to see Saquon Barkley actually, you know, be stay healthy, run the ball hard. I'd love to see Kadarius Tony, Wandale Robinson, be those explosive guys. You know, Wandale Robinson. There's been a lot of hype around him about camp. If the Giants could use him correctly and turn him into an explosive offensive weapon, I want to see Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas really grow in an elite tackle duo. I want to see the offensive line not be the worst offensive line in the NFL. Actually, you know, at least be slightly below average. That's all I want to see. I'm excited to see Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojulari, our young pass rushing duo. I'm really excited to see how we do up front. Overall, that's all I want to see from this team is growth. I'm excited for this year because this is this feels like the first time where the Giants actually go into the season with a plan. Because with Gettleman, it was always, no, 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 we're going to win now. We're going to spend money to win now despite having a bad roster. So we're going to overpay for Bradbury. We're going to overpay for that bum-ass player, Kenny Gade. We're going to overpay for Adoree Jackson. We're going to overpay for Leonard Williams, especially because I gave a third-round pick for him, and I don't want him to look stupid. I mean... That's why, I mean, Gettleman put these contracts in hell. Shane is finally putting this team in the right direction. And, man, that that's that that's all I can hope with this team, really. That's all I can really hope is seeing the positive direction with this team. We, you know, it's not all about wins and losses. All right, so I'm, I'm going to quickly quickly give my record recap. I have the Bills winning the AFC East at 14-3. and three. Uh, Dolphins second at 9-8. and eight. Patriots third at 8-9. and nine. Jets last at 5-12. and 12. I have the Chiefs winning the AFC West at 13 and 4. Chargers and Raiders each going 11 and 6, getting wild card spots with the Broncos going 10 and 7. I have the Ravens and the Bengals each going 12 and 5. The Bengals winning the AFC North, the Ravens getting a wild card. The Steelers going 8 and 9, just missing out on these playoffs. The Browns with everything going on, you know, finishing 7 and 10. Now I hate to put them at that record, but I just think there's a lot going on there. And I think, you know, Brissett, all the drama, It's that's all they're, they're going to do. Colts, I have win the AFC South going 11-6. Tennessee Titans going 8-9. Jacksonville Jaguars, some improvement, but in the end going 4-13. And the Texans just going one measly win. Uh, in the NFC now, uh, I think the Rams are going to be very hot, 14-3. Uh, win the NFC West. Niners will be one of those NFC wildcard teams going 11-6. Cardinals struggling. Kyler Murray, you know, a lot of question marks we raised about him. They go 7-10. Seattle's going to stink. They're going to be 2-15. I have the Buccaneers going 13-4 and, and still Brady playing at a high level. The Saints going 10-7, and seven, making one of those wild cards in the NFC. Panthers going 6-11 and, and eventually saying bye-bye to Matt Rule. The Falcons like the Texans stinking and winning just one game. The Packers, despite all of the drama, you know, despite losing Devontae Adams, still win the NFC North with a 12 and 5 record. The Vikings with Kevin O'Connell go 10 and 7, get a wild card spot. The Lions go 7 and 10. The Bears stink; they win three games. The Eagles win the NFC East at 10 and 7. Dallas misses the playoffs, but they go 9 and 8. Commanders go 8 and 9, and the Giants are gonna go 5 and 12. That's it. Those are my NFC. Those are my overall record picks for this season. Actually, on three, five videos. On uh, yeah, that's it. So like, uh, coming up now, they're just gonna go through Super Bowl picks, I guess. Uh, my Super Bowl pick in the end. So like, 
I had the Bucks versus the Rams in the NFC title game and the Chiefs versus the Bills in the AFC title game. And I have Bucks versus Bills in the Super Bowl. Again, I've learned just I cannot pick against Tom Brady until you know until he's done. You know, it just feels like a typical Tom Brady storyline. Oh yeah, he retired, decided he's gonna come back, he's gonna casually win his eighth ring. I mean, that's just like that's just who Tom Brady is. He's so incredible. Uh, you know, some people, a lot of I've heard some I've heard some criticisms of the Bucks this year. I mean, if there's criticism about the Bucks and a Tom Brady-led team in the preseason, woo, yeah, good luck. I got the Bucks win the Super Bowl over the Bills, who I truly think that this is just their year with the talent on offense, Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs, and how deep of a defensive line that is, especially when they get Tredavious White back. I am, and so that's it for really just playoff picks. Uh I'm trying to think. What else is there to cover from here? Uh, I guess we, we could go awards. Yeah, we'll go awards. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do awards here before the season. And then we'll, and then we'll dive in and we'll do our week one picks. Uh, so, Coach of the Year. I have Coach of the Year being Josh McDaniels. Oh, excuse me. Uh, uh <clears throat> I have my coach of the year. I have my coach of the year being Josh McDaniels. Again, I am super, super high on the Raiders this year. I think they're going to compete for the AFC West. They'll, they'll be hand in hand with the Chiefs. They'll be hand in hand with the Chargers. Uh, you know, Jared Carr's going to have explode this year. Maybe even have his best career season. Devontae Adams is going to be great. The duo of Chandler Jones, Max Crosby is going to make that defense pretty tough. While I still have some question marks about the secondary, I think Josh McDaniels, after all the mistakes he learned his first time around, is prepared for a strong, strong performance with his second stint as a head coach. And these and he's going to be the coach of the year, helping this Raiders team make the postseason. Uh, I have my offensive rookie of the year being Chris Olave. Uh, I know, yeah, yeah, people could say he's fifth on the depth chart, whatever, whatever. Uh, I just, I, 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 have, I have a hard time believing he's going to stay fifth on the depth chart. He seems like the most NFL polished receiver coming into the draft, and yeah, I Buckeye bias. My defensive rookie of the year, I have being Kayvon Thibodeau. And I'll be honest, it is full New York Giant bias here. I mean, you, if, I, what kind of Giant fan would I be? I mean, to have that little confidence where I can't even pick. Our guy, our first-round pick, the sixth overall pick to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. That's really it. Defensive Player of the Year, I'm going Aaron Donald. Yeah, it's chalk, but goddamn Aaron Donald is just so freaking good. That man is a freaking nature. He's just so big. He's just so scary. And I think, you know, he's, after last year, just didn't win it. Feels that like we haven't got Aaron Donald winning it in a while. It just feels like he's due again. Yeah, training with knives, he's just that good. Offensive play of the year, I have Jonathan Taylor. I think Matt Ryan, even better than Carson Wentz, is going to make Taylor have an even better offensive season than he did last year. He's going to continue to run the ball. I think he's going to get 2,000 yards this season. And when you get 2,000 yards, that tends to be a very, very, very good thing for your chance to win Offensive Player of the Year. And MVP, Josh Allen. I, mean, I hate that he's the favorite because I've been on the Josh Allen for MVP bandwagon for a while in this offseason now. Uh, you know, people love Ken Dorsey. I, you know, Ken Dorsey is highly regarded around the league. Some people said he had a very big input in that Buffalo offense as much as Brian Dable had. But also, I think those are people who are trying to scare me off the Brian Dable hire. Uh, overall, like 
with the receiving core they have, Knox, Diggs, Gabriel Davis, they can stay healthy. The Bills, they're serious to run the NFC East. I have Josh Allen. J- Josh Allen for MVP. And uh, that's that's really it, man. Like, th- th- those are the awards. Uh, excited for football. So I'm trying to think what else there is before the season and th- before I give my week one picks. Uh, just, I don't know, man. You know, the whole season, I'm just, I'm really excited. We finally have the NFL back. I miss it. I always miss that time where there was just no football in our lives. It feels so empty. But now football, she's back in our lives. Uh, everything is so good again. Everything is just so amazing to have football back. You know, college football, the Buckeyes are back. I'll be watching plenty of Buckeye football. You know, playoff baseball, we're still running down the stretch. I'll still be sweating out, getting all nervous and anxious about my New York Yankees in their games. But, like, like it's football time, man. It is the best time of the season. Uh, Giants, let's have a good year, man. Let's at least have, you know, something that's worth watching. A modern NFL offense. So, you know, we'll start going through with our, my week one picks. We have Bills, Rams kicking off. By the, you know, hopefully you guys are listening to this. You know, I'm recording Wednesday night. You'll be listening Thursday for the Bills, Rams getting ready for kickoff. I have, the you know, Rams are surprisingly underdogs in this game. I always pick the team raising their banner to win the game one. So, yeah, give me Rams. They'll be fired up raising that banner to beat the Bills. No, no, you know, I give their underdogs. Saints, Falcons. I think the Saints. I think the Falcons stink. Give me the Saints in this victory here easily. Niners versus Bears. I actually have the Bears pulling off the upset here. 49ers first game of the year going to the East Coast. I could see it being a, a slight struggle for them. Justin Fields maybe some motivation against Trey Lance, the quarterback who was drafted over him. Uh, that's just you know one of my you know slight little things. Uh, I have the Steelers beating the Bengals and honestly my upset special of the week. I don't know if I'm going to ride Steelers' money line, but the Steelers, much like they did last one, they came out, they upset the Bills, who everyone was high on. Uh, it feels like, you know, the Steelers, people they did, people are forgetting about the Steelers. It, came, it feels like this is going to be a game where they come out and remind people who they are. Still on that defense. I have the Lions beating the Eagles. Again, I think the Lions are a decent team. I know the Eagles crushed them, crushed them last year, outran them. But I think the Eagles, they're fired up for this game. Or the, the Lions will be fired up for this game. And I just don't like Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Patriots beating the Dolphins. I think this uh, Belichick game, he's an underdog. He's not going to appreciate that. He's in a game plan for Tyree Kill for Tua. If they take Tyree Kill out of that game, Tua might struggle. And this will be an early, early game for the Patriots to win as they establish a strong start. Uh, Ravens, I mean, the Ravens are going to beat the Jets. And I thought the Jets, if Zach Wilson was healthy, he had played the preseason, never hurt his knee, the Jets could give the Ravens a push for a potential week one upset. But now Zach Wilson's not playing. Joe Flacco's playing. You know, we could be getting the Joe Flacco revenge game here. Don't forget about that. But in the end, the Ravens, they're just they're gonna be the team that wins this game. And like I I, I wouldn't think too much of it. Commanders, Jaguars, sorry, like I said, I'm decently high on the Commanders this year. I was a bit higher on them before Chase Young got ruled out for an extended period of time. They're still going to beat the Jaguars. I think they're just a more talented team than the Jacksonville Jaguars are, and that that defense should put a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence. I have the Panthers beating the Browns, a Baker Mayfield revenge game. He's going to come in high energy. I think this game could be ugly for Cleveland. 
Colts, Texans. Colts are going to win. Texans staying. Colts are just a much better team than they are. Packers going into Minnesota. I have the Packers losing this game to the Vikings. It seems that these two teams tend to split. I mean, it feels like we've been getting a lot of these two teams playing in week one the last couple years. And Minnesota, they win at home. Uh, Green Bay, you know, I know they swept them two years ago. But I don't know. You know, they, these teams, I don't know. They, just, they tend to split. Kevin O'Connell getting the, the era started. I have a strange one with Minnesota. Uh, Chiefs Cardinals. Uh, the Chiefs are going to win this game. I don't. I'm not high on the Cardinals again this year. No D Hop. Uh, now, one thing I would do though is I definitely would take the Cardinals plus six in this game. Six points is a lot to lay, especially on the road. And this is a Cardinals team that tends to do very, very well in September with Kyler Murray. So you know, th- there's that. Chargers Raiders again. I'm pretty high on both of these teams. Well, very high on both of these teams. And their expectations coming into this season, uh, I I have the it's it's gonna be a good 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 game between these two teams and like I've been I've been back and forth. I mean it's obviously a rematch of that epic finale from last season. Oh man, that's that's tough. But I I gotta go with the Chargers, man. Like that's just I don't know. It's something about that Chargers team. They're at a home, fired up, angry about last year's loss. That they're they're gonna come out and they're gonna beat the Raiders. But again, the Raiders are still a playoff team. Uh, and then the, you know, the Giants, they're gonna lose to the Titans. I man, I love my Giants, but if I'm being realistic, the Titans are just a much better team than them. And Derrick Henry could run it down their throat. Cowboys Buccaneers Sunday night football, the first Sunday night game of the year. I'll be watching my girl. Carrie Underwood singing that show, getting me hyped up. Uh, much like they did last year, I got the Bucks beating the Dallas Cowboys on prime time. And the last game of week one, Monday Night Football, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle, the revenge game on prime time, on, NBC, on ABC, on ESPN for the world to see. I love revenge games. I almost always pick teams to win revenge games. And, yeah, I'm going to pick Russell Wilson in his revenge game for sure, especially because I think Seattle is going to stink. So, as we say, Broncos country, let's ride. And that's it, man. That's the show. So, listen, guys, it's good to be back. It's really good to be back doing this podcast for you guys again. It's been too damn long, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm happy to be doing this again. I'm happy that we have football back. It's high energy. Uh, again, I'm going to try to bring these more, you know, my weekly recaps along with uh, the next week previews. So remember, go follow Jay Bird's Eye View on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to upcoming NFL games, especially the Giants. Go follow the Bird's Eye View podcast on Instagram for all my latest episode releases and upcoming Instagram polls. It's good to be back, everybody. Thank you, and have a great rest of your day.